You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums, and it's here before you die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Sex Pistols, Never Mind the Bollocks. On the line, I have Rob. Ahoy, hoy. Ben. Bodies. John. Oi, oi. And Kyle. Hi there. Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Sex Pistols, is the only studio album by the English punk rock band of the same name. Released on the 28th of October, 1977 on Virgin Records, the producer was Chris Thomas, uh, Bill Price, and the genre is punk rock. And I'll read from all music review, Steve Huey. While mostly accurate, dismissing Nevermind the Bollocks as merely a series of loud, ragged, mid-tempo rockers with a harsh, grating vocalist and not much melody would be a terrible error. Already, anthemic songs are rendered positively transcendent by Johnny Rotten's rabid, foaming delivery, his bitterly satiric attacks on pretentious affectation and the very foundations of British society were all carried out in, in the most confrontational, impolite manner possible. Most imitators of the Pistols' angry nihilism missed the point. Underneath the shock tactics and theatrical negativity were social critiques carefully designed for maximum impact. Never mind the bollocks perfectly articulated the frustration, rage, and dissatisfaction of the British working class with the establishment, a spirit quick to translate itself to strictly rock and roll terms. The Pistols paved the way for countless other bands to make similarly rebellious statements but arguably none were as daring or effective. It's easy to see how the band's roaring energy, overwhelmingly snotty attitude, and Rotten's furious ranting sparked a musical revolution, and those qualities haven't diminished one bit over time. Never mind the bollocks is simply one of the greatest, most inspiring rock records of all time. All right, what do we think of Sex Pistols? Never mind the bollocks. That's uh... (laughs) a... bold bold statements from that review um i I think it's it's a pretty good punk record i'll I'll give it that um but one of the greatest yeah yeah, one of the greatest records of all time uh i mean it's kind of saying it's one of the most influential and inspirational i would i would probably buy things (laughs) (laughs) i think for for style you know over substance maybe it's it's one of the biggest rock records of all time you know like this this launched a thousand ships of 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 like johnny rotten emulator vocals a thousand a a thousand better ships yes by the by (laughs) yeah i mean these are not good musicians you know i mean i i i would i i wouldn't I think on this record, you know, without Sid Vicious playing, is it the guitarist who's doing the bass lines on this? Yeah, it's Steve yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, this is it's well put together, like, and it's not sloppy, which I I was I don't remember it being this tight. Oh yeah, 
It was. It is tighter than I remember it being. I will give it that. <laughs> yeah, there's solos. Yeah. There's you know, it's not the ramshackled. Uh, I'm trying to. I mean, there's a million bands I could point out: Gigi Allen, Germs, like all those bands that are just kind of like very sloppy at playing instruments. It's tight. I mean, Steve Jones knows how to play guitar, even if he does just steal guitars to to play them. But it, yeah, it's doing something. It has. And the drumming is is pretty spot on for what they're doing. Yeah, the drumming is is solid, and and the production is good. So I mean, you can. But I guess the this is a sound of the band that you would never hear for the brief period of time that they were together again, right? I mean, you know, after this, Sid Vicious takes over the the bass, and you know, this is their only studio album, right? Right. I mean, he was already on bass at this point. They just. He couldn't play. <laughs> no, he, so. he, he held a bass. He looked like a punk rocker while holding a bass. Uh, so they gave him the job. Yeah, but he, he was he, he's not featured on this record because he didn't know how to play the instrument <laughs> or was unable to. He's on bodies. He's on one song. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. All right. My bad. I'll, I'll pop those breaks. <laughs> so this is the first time I ever listened to this album in, in its entirety. What? Get out. Uh, anybody else? No, same. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I hadn't heard a bunch of tracks off of here and definitely same. found a couple gems that I was really pleased with. <laughs> yeah, I I had known about this yeah. album and of course, but like but this album's pretty good. I had never listened to it. Um it's like one of the best punk records of all time. But uh I mean <laughs> no, just, the story behind it is what is the most interesting thing about this album, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the pistols. I mean, the the record gets gets so much praise because it's for the most part it is a straightforward rock record. People it's loud, energetic, but Rotten's vocals are really what push it over into that that sort of like punk attitude that that would be picked up by so many different people. But you're right, the mystique behind the album getting banned from labels, getting banned from London clubs Every, all that, I mean, just plays in, into the part. Sid getting in fights with all sorts of uh, reporters, everybody in the audience. Yeah, fucking I mean, Nick Kent, man. Everybody. <laughs> that, uh, I don't know. Did you did you ever read any of those Nick Kent books I left over at your place, Birch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sid's an asshole. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, yeah. He, like... 1975, like he, he's jamming with the Sex Pistols, like he, thinking he's going to be part of like the, the thing. Uh, John Lydon comes in. He's like, I'm out. And uh, yeah, to, to the point where like, I think maybe six to eight months later, uh, Sid Vicious has a bike chain is an attack and is like beating him in the, uh, the, was it the hundred watt club. And yeah, like, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Are you talking about the club in I'm Georgia? Not, uh, no, I'm talking about the one in England. Okay. Uh, th- I thought it was the hundred watt. But he beats him over... I- pair of boots that he really fancies yeah with a fucking bike chain and at the direction of uh of their manager <laughs> like it's man it's as if that it, guy's like a junkie murderer up. or something or a <laughs> something like that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't uh I, I had read up on sid vicious a while ago i know that like he was kind of like from birth fucked like there there was no, nothing was gonna save that kid um but i didn't re-up on that if anybody has that knowledge in their brain yeah i mean he was abused as a a kid they would actually like tie him to a bed um and leave him alone and 
he had a pretty pretty bad upbringing and his mom was not not the best mother also at the end she definitely just let him do it like bought him heroin told well didn't buy it but told you know manager and other people just go ahead because she didn't want him to rot away in jail but yeah he he was i mean he lived up to the name because he would just antagonize cut himself uh and you know he was that sort of stereotypical like anarchist punk dude that just happened to fall in with uh johnny rotten because they were childhood friends and there you go that's it it's a damn shame he couldn't play any instruments yeah that's the big kicker for me too is like great he's a figure but why why is he considered a bassist? He's not. Like th- th- things like that, th- like the Sex Pistols early history is just like riddled with things like that. And that is, I think, had always deterred me from I- I've never been into the Sex Pistols. And it wasn't necessarily because of the lack of quality of their one and only album, which, you know, it's fine. It's got some good rockers on it, but it's just the things that I know about them, like the fact that Malcolm McLaren's really out to make a buck. He's trying to hop on whatever the next trend is. He goes to New York and he sees television, uh, specifically Richard Hell. He kind of fixates on the way Richard Hell looks, brings that image back to England, and you know, like it just like uh, grooms these this band that he's putting together, grooms them to look like what he has decided the punks in New York look like. Some of some of these members, which don't even play instruments, like the fact that they released an album, I think is impressive. But like now that I've sat and given this album the time of day, I don't dislike it. It, it like I said, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's got it's recorded fine. It's got some good songs on it. But I'd never really considered the Sex Pistols a real band. Huh? Yeah. You know, that's weird. I mean, they're definitely <laughs> yeah. A I mean, band they, they they definitely were. Um, and they, they are kind of a, a, a teen idol, like the anti-teen idol band uh, put together, like for the more or less express purpose of selling bondage clothing. Yep. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> McLaren ran a, a sex shop, right? Well, yeah, it's called, called Sex. sex. But it, it, it yeah. like, uh, he, he, would, he would change what his product was in the stylings of his store to be with whatever he kind of forecasted the next thing was. And during the punk movement, yeah, he, he, re, he rebranded as sex and just started selling like leather studded wear, you know, and, and bondage gear. That's my favorite, like slight diss off of this album. I don't, do you know the story behind submission? No, so no, it's actually one of my favorite tracks. I'd never heard it before. So he, they, the band was instructed to write a song about like, BDSM, you know, bondage, uh, dominance, submission, masochism. And uh, they're like, oh, you want us to write about like being a sub? Okay, I'm going to write a song about being on a submarine. Fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, a submission. That, that track is the mandatory <laughs> British goof track per album. And it's a great track. I love it. It's like, it's a love song. It's about being deep in love like literally and figuratively (laughs) it's wonderful what a goof track on british records like a a vaudevillian like music hall track a la like there's at least one on every kinks record yeah and 
Yeah, it's wow. not anything that McCartney's one up every to. Queen record. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the, submission is literally a mission on a sub. <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. That's so cheeky. Yeah. The, going back to uh, a little bit of Sid's bass playing, I did watch some live video of them, you know, performing or, and listen to some live stuff. And he does, I mean, he he learned to play some chords. It, I, I won't discredit him as just saying he, you know, couldn't do it, um, but he didn't want to for the most part. He didn't want to learn it and he didn't, uh, he wanted to, you know, be there more than he wanted to like be good at bass. But yeah. probably because these bass lines are so hard. Yeah, yeah, the bass lines are pretty good. I did learn a lot of guitar from this album. I had this album when I was learning it, like first learning guitar, and oh, yeah. these are fun songs to play. Oh, wow. I will I definitely bet, say, like it, it, it's same with the Clash. I had the first Clash album, and it's like you kind of let everything ring out. You got some choppy parts, and the solos aren't, aren't like terribly complicated but just enough like steve jones solos are just rock you know solo enough that it gives you a bit of um uh, a taste of like the rock and roll without going into like brian may and all the more complex robert fripp solos and stuff like that (laughs) so well i found it i if the wiki is to be believed um Sid Vicious was uh, the first drummer for uh, Susie and the Banshees. What? <laughs> I saw yeah. that. Did he know how like, to play drums? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, but that, that was just, that was like one of the six bands that started because of that show that they played uh, in Manchester uh, with Susie and the Banshees. So it, it oh. kind of lines up that, uh, that Sid would have been there. But yeah, that r- rumor has it. Uh, <laughs> That's that's how he got his uh, got to start playing drums. So cool. Wow. He had the right look. He, he sure did. I have no I have no problems with this record. Uh, I would the the only thing that I would add is like you know I I respect it, but I I'd rather be listening to Buzzcocks or Generation X. Yes. Like like for 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 this for this type of punk, um, I did find it interesting that like Joe Strummer decided that like the faster punk stuff was a way to go after seeing sex pistols. So the Clash's first record though, we covered it earlier, like only came about in that fashion because of his exposure to the pistols, like before beforehand, which I thought I found to be pretty fascinating. Also like, you know, damned still has a uh, first British like single uh, with new Rose. But I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I think that's only because uh, God Save the Queen, the, uh, the the people like doing the packaging and like handling of the uh, the single itself wouldn't put it out because they were so offended by it, <laughs> which also pretty fucking interesting. I don't know for, for a band that was around for two and a half years and only did one record and then imploded like it's a pretty good record. Yeah, it's, I'll give it that. It yeah. is a pretty good yeah. record. 
Yeah, it did live up to the the over. <laughs> I feel like a record like this, where it'd been hyped for so long. I mean, they had advance orders of one hundred and twenty five thousand copies. Damn. Um, so you know, it wasn't just that this album came out and everybody like picked up the record and was like, "Oh, the Sex Pistols." It was literally like everybody's seen this band; they have this hype. And no one will release this record, so it becomes the, the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the secret. It becomes the, the ultimate goal to uh, obtain a record, this record, because no one actually has it. And there were some bootlegs that came out before the actual release, um, but you know they were rejected by CBS, Decca, Pyre, Polydor, um, and you know. They, they got picked up by <laughs> by some records and then were dropped later on. But yeah, it's pretty amazing to be so... Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it was their attitude and their just confrontational nature of being like, well, no, we're not going to do this bullshit that you want us to do. But also, it the God Save the Queen stuff, I mean, it's it's definitely in your face. I mean, it, it doesn't pull any punches. It doesn't try to dance around the issue. It just kind of says the queen is a fascist and don't don't listen to anything they say. Didn't they at some point like perform it was either God Save the Queen or Anarchy in the UK or both of them like floating on a barge down the Thames? Yep. Yeah, during the Queen's Silver Jubilee. <laughs> Which is, you know, 25 years on the throne or whatever and they're like, "Oh, yeah, I think they got arrested uh, for public obscenity for, you know, I guess saying bollocks or whatever, our, our ass or something, you know, after after well, the after the boat show. If they were playing some of the material on this album, they were saying a lot worse than bollocks and ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but that's enough. That's all it takes. <laughs> so, yeah, they were on EMI before, like right before this album, I guess, and got dropped. And that's why the the last track is like a pretty solid diss track to EMI. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good diss track. It's a nice finisher to the album, too. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, like we talk about, uh, you know, tracking and song selection in order sometimes. And I don't think that side two track 117 would be the one to start off side two with. It's not it's probably the weakest song on the album, I think. But uh, but definitely finishing with EMI is a nice a nice little bon mot, like just boom. Yeah, this album really keeps it moving, too. I will say that it doesn't. There's no point where where it just cuts out and then you're like, oh, what's up with this song? Why is, you know, why is this here? It all just feels like, yep, this is them. Also, <laughs> I don't know if anybody had the great rock and roll swindle, but man, that album just woof. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. Actually. Yeah. That's so good. It's just, I mean, there's there's like a couple songs on there that are interesting, but it just... I mean, in that movie is it's again, it's like an interesting thing that they presented in in this weird way, sort of like the who's Tommy or something where it's uh, the band is like, what? Why are you guys doing this style, this style and this presentation? But I don't know. I've never listened to uh, Rock and Roll Swindle. Is it a departure from the style of Nevermind the Bullocks? I mean, Sid Vicious sings My Way, the Frank Sinatra song. Oh, that's what that's on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So oh, no, I don't need that. You get, but I mean, at the same time, he's he's singing that while he's shooting people 
you know, the video is like him, like with a handgun, just like shooting people. So it's it's this weird, like and chaos. If he's not careful, people are going to think he's capable of murder. <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> chaos element of, uh, you know, presenting like nihilistic ideals. It's it's, it's weird. Yeah, you just reminded me um, that apropos of only this is like Scorsese originally wanted uh, like the Sinatra version of my way at the end of Goodfellas, but Sinatra would said absolutely not because like the Italian defamation league was saying that Goodfellas was such a fucking like, you know, kicking the kicking the teeth for the Italian people that like he refused to have his version of that song used period. And so that that's why uh, the sex pistols version is at the end of that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did want to say that the original bassist, uh, Greg Mat- Matlock, Glenn, Glenn Matlock, sorry, uh, he said the the song for Pretty Vacant was inspired by hearing SOS by ABBA. Uh, Love it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> ABBA fans abound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he actually wrote um, or co-wrote a couple of the songs, but yeah. Did he quit or was he retired? He quit. He was like, yeah. I don't want to deal with this bullshit, which that's fair. It's very fair. That's <laughs> these lyrics are offensive. <laughs> that's the reason why he quit. <laughs> I just can't deal. You guys are fascists for not liking the queen. <laughs> Is it? Uh, are, are you blowing smoke or? No, that's the, that. That's the reason given for him leaving was that like uh, he was not. Uh, it was those John Lydon uh, lyrics were just too too improper. So his well, take, mean, his take was she's not fascist, <laughs> you're fascist. Yep. Exactly. He's definitely softened his uh, perspective, or, or at least like publicly said, "Oh no, that's not about like that." The Queen herself is a fascist. It's more about how. Uh, the monarchy is is a farce, and that you know there's no way to project them that way as actual uh, you know figureheads of the nation. But like, but he's like, oh, but I love the queen, and you know I feel bad for her family, and I'm glad that they're normal people now. <laughs> like, but he, yeah. he totally walked back, and like he's walked back so many things. I think that we're going to get to public image limited in this book. We're getting to three albums by public image limited in this book. Oh, wow. Wait, public image limited had three albums. Exactly. That was my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> the book skews British. So yeah, yeah. it's not too surprising that they're overrepresented. Um, the only thing I know about public image limited is that they are the reason why, uh, 
Ian McKay, when he plays shows, always watches the first band because uh, Minor Threat opened for Public Image Limited and they were so excited, but John Lydon was nowhere to be found to tell them if he liked their set or not. So that's solid. Yeah. That is that that's a solid good attitude. Rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. While they're recording, apparently Queen is in the studio next to them. And so there's at least a couple stories of uh, Johnny Rotten walking. I mean, this is possibly fake about him crawling over on his knees to sit at the foot of, of Freddie Mercury just to sort of sneak in and watch. Uh, he probably just walked in. But then the other story, which is apparently true, is that uh, Sid Vicious threatened Freddie Mercury. And Freddie Mercury's like, well, who are you, Simon Ferocious? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the only the only other thing that I have is uh, as far as like, you know, 9-11 is a pretty important uh, like date for us. But in September 11, 1977, never forget when a Russ Meyer film scripted by Roger Ebert never came to be because Malcolm McLaurin didn't bother to actually uh, secure financing. Oh no! They, they were working. Yeah, they were working on a movie called Bambi. Oh, um, and uh, yeah, Man. it. Uh, That's a shame. Dead in the water. Yeah, Russ Meyer films are great. <laughs> See, I've got a uh, a couple quotes uh, from Steve Jones, guitar player for the Sex Pistols. We're not into music. We're into chaos. Yeah. Which, you know, that's fair, but I, I could have called that one. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, when the Ramones came t- on that on that fabled tour of UK that Ramones did, uh, that turned a lot of people onto the New York scene, uh, Johnny Rotten was there, but he also very vocally before and after the show did not, he, he, he was talking smack on the Ramones because he didn't like their long hair or their image. And I also thought how very apropos of Johnny Rotten to be uh, very concerned about a band's image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to go around? Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Sure. Kick us off. Uh, how about Kyle? It's a cool record. I mean, it's, it's better than I thought it'd be. Um, I really, there's some really solid guitar work on here. Uh, I think that the saga behind the band is way more interesting than the album, but uh, thumbs up. Yeah, John. Or- yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with uh, Kyle's sentiments. I give it a positive. I mean, it's it's good and interesting enough to be above neutral. Um, and you know, you get the story with the album. <laughs> you know, you can't separate the two. And just like from a purely sonic standpoint, it's a it's a fun listen. Like this is, this is punk rock. This is good. Uh, but you know, it's not great. It's not something that blows your mind. Yeah. But positive. I, I I'm going to agree with, uh, John and Kyle sonically. I'm fine with this album. Uh, it, it's got some good songs. And I really like bodies. I like no feelings. God save the queen and anarchy in the UK are great. I like pretty vacant. You know, with that many songs that I like, uh, I'm going to give it a positive. My opinion of the Sex Pistols themselves hasn't really changed. Uh, but this, I, I like the, this record's fine. I, I've got no problem with this record. Oh, positive from me. Positive <coughs> on the record, uh, neutral minus on the band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, as I said at the top of this thing, I'd be, rather be listening to Gen X or the Buzzcocks, but... The bands that launched a thousand ships, um, better ships, and in, in some ways, 
but they they weren't bad when they started. Like it's it's a it's a it's a great record. Yeah, positive. Okay. Yeah, sounds like we're all positive. Yeah, definitely positive for me. Same thing. The sonic quality and I think when people imagine this record, they imagine it so sloppy for some reason. But yeah. when you actually dig into it and you listen to it, I mean, Cook and Jones were very dedicated to the studio recording quality of it. And obviously, uh, uh, Rotten is doing his utmost to be have that weird affectation when he's, you know, singing, screaming, you know whatever whatever he's doing so yeah I, I thought it was really cool it's definitely one that i don't know i'll continue to listen to every now and again yeah a- absolutely deserves its spot in this book it's important yeah mm-hmm. yeah 100 man so we're, we're we're listening to this, the last song emi in our headphones right now did anyone else when you're listening to this just hear radio on yeah <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> radio on radio Couple. Yeah. You think they like the modern lovers? <laughs> who, who don't? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next time we'll be talking about Pierre Ubu, the modern dance. All right. Thanks, y'all. Stay in the